Wow. There's one person of joy. That is Susie McCamey. Thank you, Susie, for that. Uh, that's wonderful. Let us pray. Lord, in the season of joy, as we see it printed, as we see it with the lights, boy, it's been tough to muster at times. Wearing masks and pandemics and vaccines and lockdowns and school closings and online learning and all sorts of stuff. But thank you for being our joy. Thank you for being here with us, and I just ask, Lord, for your spirit to move here in person and online, watching now or watching later. God, that you have a word for us, and I pray that you allow for me to be a vessel for you today, and that we hear the word that you have for us, this word that you are our prince of peace. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. We have been walking through the series looking at the different names of God, and we have been focused on this prophecy and the prophet of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. And in the original language of verse 6, in the Hebrew language, um, we find here that there are four different types of names for God that this I mean, the Messiah, the Savior, this son who's going to be born, this boy who's going to be born, he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. In the original language of Hebrew, that's all one title. It's one name. It's Everlasting Dash, or, or yes, yes, Wonderful Dash, Counselor, Dash, Mighty Dash, God, Dash, Everlasting Dash, Father, Dash, Prince of Peace. And today we're going to look at that title, Prince of Peace. And so I invite you to read along with me from the prophet Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning in verse 6, and I'll read today also in verse 7 as well. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Prophet Isaiah says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this my friends this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God today we're going to focus on this this last description of this son who's going to be born, this child who's going to be born. And the last description is Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. And today I want to talk about three different types of peace. That there is, there is peace with God. There is the peace of God. And then there is the peace with others. There is peace with God, 
There's a peace of God and a peace with others. And as we look at this title, Prince of Peace, in the Hebrew language, it is Sar Shalom. Sar Shalom. In the Hebrew word Shar, it means prince. It means a, a noble person. We get our, um, in, in the English, we get our name Sarah from that, or we also get the description Sir from that. It's Sar. It, it's, it's a prince. It's not a king, but it's someone who is a little bit less than a king, a vassal king. Someone still has authority, but it is, is someone who is operating in this, in the realm of the king, in the authority of the king. Shalom is a very powerful word. It's a rich word. word. In the Hebrew language, they have every word has an image. It has a, has a picture. And, and, and shalom doesn't mean just peace without conflict or, or, or the absence of war. No, it has a deeper meaning. It means complete wholeness. It means harmony. And it's not just me as a person or, or in my heart or in my spirit I have peace. It means every aspect of God's creation in harmony, being fully complete. For a Hebrew, when they would greet someone, they would greet them by saying, Shalom. Shalom. And when they said that, it's not just like howdy or I hope you have a great day or no, it's, it's much deeper than that. What, what, what they're really saying is that may all that you need today, may all that you need for your well-being today be given to you. That wherever you go, wherever you, you travel, that, that, that may everything that you need for your well-being, for your health, may it be given to you today. Today. And to really understand the power of this and the meaning behind this title, Sar Shalom, this Prince of Peace, that we need to go back to the beginning. And we're going to be doing that several over several weeks as well, as we, especially as we go into the new year. But we got to go back to the beginning. To, and that when we open up the Bible and we read Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 2, that, that everything was shalom. Everything was in harmony. Everything was at peace. There was peace with God. Adam and Eve had peace with God. There was peace of God. That they were fully content that God gave them everything that they needed. Everything was provided for them. And then there was peace with one another. And, and, we, and we read Genesis 1 and we read Genesis 2. And when we read this and we read those chapters, we think, man, I wish the world was like that. And, and there's a sense in us like, this can't be true. Genesis 1 and 2, it just cannot be true because it does not exist in the world that I live. Because what happens from Genesis 1 and 2, we go on and we read Genesis 3. And with Genesis 3, all of the shalom is shattered. It's broken. And Richard Foster says that the, that the sin of the garden, that the, what happened to Adam and Eve, that the sin of the garden was Power. The Adam and Eve were 
created by God. They were given everything by God. They were given this beautiful garden that they knew that they were not God, but they wanted to be God. They wanted to have the power of God. And they weren't content in just being with God. They wanted more. They wanted more than what God provided for them. And so they used that power. And they seized that power. And when they did that, all of peace was shattered. Their relationship with God was broken. They were hiding. Their relationship with each other, boy, was it broken. Their relationship within themselves of of how they understand themselves was broken. And the relationship with, with creation, it was broken. Well, God says, hey, Adam, you're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to work, and you're going to work. And in Genesis 1 and 2, when you worked, you received fruit. But now in the Genesis 3 world, this world of conflict and chaos, this world without shalom, that when you work and work and work, you're going to receive toil. That's why we're frustrated That's why when when we put our whole identity into our work, we get lost. Because we weren't created to to just work. We were created to live in the shalom, that we were created to worship God. But instead, we find our identity in the work, and we work, and we work, and we receive this toil, and toil is a fruit of a broken, shattered world. And to trace this, this sin of power throughout the scriptures, what we, what we begin to see is that there's these princes and these kings who, who begin to use their power in a very destructive manner. And the prophet, the prophet Ezekiel really speaks to us in 19 and 22 and then also in 37. There's these princes of power he says, this is how they're using their power. They're, they're using their power to shed blood. They're, they're like a, a roaring lion, he says. They're tearing apart their prey. They have been given this authority. They've been given this, this power to, to rule in God's realm and in God's idea. That, 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 but they are not bringing peace, what they're doing, they're bringing more destruction and harm. So like a roaring lion, they're tearing their prey, they're devouring their people, they're taking their treasures and their precious things, and they're making many widows. They feed themselves, he says, and not their flocks. But then a word of hope comes. In the midst of all of this decay, God says, I'll shepherd my people. I'll bring them back. He goes on and says, I, the Lord, will be their God. 
and my servant David, he'll be their prince. I'll make a covenant of peace among them. And I'll rid their land of wild beasts so that they may live in the desert and that they may sleep in the forest and the safety. And God promises this prince. And this prince would come from the lineage of David. And this prince would come and, and, would, and would use their power to restore and to bring back healing and to bring everything back under God's realm. And the people kept praying for a servant king like this. And he was given the name Messiah. God's anointed one. And over 600 years later, in the middle of the night, while these shepherds were watching their flock, a, a choir of angels appear. They come from heaven. And they have a message to these shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven. And what? On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. The prince of peace Sar Shalom has been born. That's what Luke tells us here, that, that God, that the prophecy is fulfilled because it happens in the town of David. That's why Matthew, when he is, is presenting Jesus to the world, he ties him to the lineage of David. And that this prince, that God has come that God has promised has come in Jesus. And Jesus is much more than just this boy and this child. There was a, there was a store, a store called Urban Outfitters. We have one in downtown Knoxville, and, and there was one when I was living in Houston. And you would go to the store, and they had this whole wing, and it's called Jesus is My Homeboy. And they had these, these figures, and they had these, these T-shirts, and uh, Jesus is my homeboy. And, uh, you know, I would chuckle with it. And, you know, I go, maybe I'll buy one of these things. This is, this, yeah, I mean, Jesus is my brother, Scripture says. If I, if I follow according to Scriptures, yeah, Jesus is my brother. And, uh, but Jesus is my homeboy. I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't connect with it. And there's something about us where, where, where we want to take Jesus Away, we want to take all the divinity of Jesus and we just want to bring him down to earth. And we want to just make him one of us. 
like one of our pals and, and, and our homeboy. But, but, but what we have here in Scripture, and especially this Prince of Peace, Jesus is much more than just our homeboy. He's a prince of peace. That Jesus is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. And he is of great nobility. And he is a king. And that he has come. He's been ordered by the Father to come to bring peace. To to restore all of our brokenness with God. And on that night, the shepherds received this. That Jesus He's not our homeboy. He is a prince of peace. And we see the people of Scripture really wrestling with this. When Jesus becomes an adult, he, there's a man who is, is demon-possessed. And, he, and he, can't, he can't speak. And he can't see. So he's blind and, he, and he's mute and he's possessed with this evil spirit. And Jesus comes upon him, and Jesus heals him. He literally heals him. He brings shalom to his world. He, he strips all these evil spirits out of him. And, and, he, and he opens up his eyes, and he brings health to him, and he restores his body. And all the crowd is there, and they're amazed and saying, Who is this? How can he do this? They're not saying, what a homeboy. They're saying, oh my goodness. Who is this man? Could he be the son of David? Could he be the Sar Shalom? Could he be the Messiah that we've been hoping for? Could he be that man? And the religious leaders, the ones who knew the scriptures, the one who sat inside the synagogues, the one who worshiped and prayed over and over again, the one who offered shalom to each other, they said, he's not. He's a prince of the demons. Because only a prince of the demons could call out a demonic spirit. And Jesus, I love this, the way it says in the scriptures, Jesus knew their every thought. Hmm. Jesus knew exactly what they were saying. And so he stops them right there before they, before, they go in, before they go any further. He says, wait, stop, no. There's no way someone of an evil spirit could drive out another evil spirit. That, just, that doesn't make sense, and there's no way that's possible. But I drive out the evil spirits, he says in Matthew's gospel, by the spirit of God. And because I do that, the kingdom of God has come. The prince of peace is bringing a new kingdom. And that kingdom of God is a kingdom of shalom of healing of restoring and he's restoring our relationship with God because as humanity we have chosen power our own power we have made our own decisions and we have strayed from God and we have sinned and fallen short of God 
And so how did this Prince of Peace bring peace to us? He went to the cross and died for us. He gave his life for us. He died. He took in all of the brokenness between God and us, and he entered and he took it all for us. He didn't use his power to destroy us. He used his power to destroy evil. And then he used his power to create a new relationship with us, with God. And the third day he was raised from the dead. That's why we can say he is truly our Prince of Peace. Paul says it like this in Colossians chapter 2 when you were dead in your sins when we were dead in our sins and in the flesh God made you alive with Christ he forgave us all of our sins and he canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us, and we were condemned. And he's taken it away, he took it away, and he nailed it on a cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them. And he triumphed over them by the cross. Our Prince of Peace died for us so we could have peace with God. He is our peace. And I believe in this world, and this year, it is crazy. And I don't know if it's going to get even crazier. And we have been, and we have been without peace. And we've been looking for peace. And all the things where we try to find peace have been stripped away from us. Because the only peace in this world is in Jesus. He is our peace. He is our prince of peace. The father gave the son and says, you go and you're going to sacrifice, you're going to offer your life, and you're going to bring peace. There is health and wellness. There is, he is our shar, Salom. There's restoration through Jesus. And the only way that we can have peace with God, it is through Jesus. And Jesus opened up this way for us. But there's also peace of God. The peace of God. In Numbers chapter 6, before the Israelites were going to go into battle, there's this blessing that's given. And Aaron the priest is, is, gonna, is blessing all the people of Israel before they go into battle. And the last line is, the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Peace. When Gideon received word from the Lord that God had chosen Gideon to serve 
his purpose of destroying the Midianite army. Gideon was scared. And Gideon tells the Lord, I need a sign. I need a sign. I need to know that you are with me. And God gives him this remarkable sign. And right after that, Gideon builds this altar. And he names it, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. There is our peace with God that our prince brought. But also he's given us the gift of knowing that in the middle of battles that we fight day in and day out, he is with us and his presence brings us peace. I've done a lot of weddings. I think I've done over like 120 weddings in, in, in my ministry. But nothing like my wedding. Of course, it was great. It was. But when you watch the video of my wedding, the videographer got a picture of me. The doors closed. We had 900 people. I'm not going to go there. And they all were standing. And the doors closed. And, and I had three ministers because I really needed a lot of help. I had three ministers. And, and, I'm, and I'm there. And the video captures. And my brother's behind me. And the doors closed. I'm waiting for Stacey to come out. And I start rocking. And my face just goes white. And I'm rocking. And my brother's like, like oh, what, what's going to happen? And I remember the doors closed. And I went, there goes my life. No, I didn't say that. But I was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is a big deal. Like, like we've been at all these parties and everything, but like, this is happening. Like, like I'm getting married. And like, I can't date anyone else. Not, okay, I wasn't a player. Like, I didn't have all these girlfriends or anything. You know what I mean? But I'm like, all this stuff is going, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth, back and forth. And, and we're in a pretty large church. And it's a long aisle. The door is open. And Stacey starts walking. And she's slow and slow and slow. And, and I am like a nervous wreck. And she comes up. And she looks great. And she comes up. And she grabs my hand. That's peace. Peace. It was like this sensation of peace, like, like, like this is the right moment and, and the right time. And, and, and that and that it was peace. There is the gift of peace with God, and then there is the peace of God. And say, I I'm with you. I have defeated all the powers. I am the Tsar Shalom, Jesus says. He, I am the Prince of Peace. I am the peace. And so when Job was in the midst of chaos, in Job 3, he says, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest but only turmoil. 
because his life was a wreck. But he sensed God had left him. That God was not with him. The gift of this Christmas is the peace with God that we have through Jesus, our Prince of Peace, and the peace of knowing that God is with us in life's battles. And the last gift is the peace with others. This is the hardest. You know, every time Jesus would appear in his resurrected state to his believers, he would say, peace be with you. Shalom, may, may well-being be with you. But the peace with others, that's hard. It's hard. Jesus says in, in Matthew 5, verse 9, that blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who, who, who enter into the conflicts of this world, who, who, who jump into the battles of this world, and who operate in the authority of the Prince of Peace, and who bring peace. If the peace of the Lord is with us, and we know the peace of God in us, then we're commissioned to be makers of peace. But we interpret that passage in so many different ways that, Brian, it's hard to be a maker of peace. And so there are different types of it. There are the peace fakers, there's a peace breakers, and then there's a peace makers. The, 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 the peace fakers are those who actually deny. Just, let's just make everyone just be happy. Uh, everyone just sort of get along, and they avoid the situation. They, they want to escape everything at all costs. And just say, everything is fine, right? So when someone says, how's your day? We say, it's fine. How's your day? Fine, because why? You don't want to stop and tell them everything going on in your life. You want to move on. It's not about the relationships. I just want to move on. Let's just get through the situation because I can't deal with the uncomfortableness of the situation. I have forever have been a peace faker. I just want to get on. I don't have time for all this. Let's move on. We've got other things to do. I was raised with a family like that. Everything is fine. Let's all just get along, escape at all costs. But then... There's peace breakers, people who, who ruin, who attack each other. And the goal is to win at all costs. If I have an opinion, an idea, I'm going to make sure I get that done at all costs because I'm right. I'm the smartest one in the room. I've done all the research. But whatever it costs, it's not about the relationships. And so there's accusations, there's assaults. And so we have on one end, you got the peace fakers. And on the other end, you got the peacebreakers. You got the hardest one, it's the peacemakers. 
Well, they acknowledge, yeah, there's conflict here. Let's just own up to it. We're in a world of conflict. We, we all come from different places, and the church is the, is the one place that does conflict full. We're not good at conflict. You don't like the music? You just leave. Right? You don't want to deal with it. I don't like this? I'll just leave. Or I don't like the teaching? I'll just go find the church that has my own teaching. That's all we do, right? We just move along. We don't want to deal with it. We don't want to talk about it. There's peace fakers and, and peace breakers, but, but we're called to be peacemakers. We're going to acknowledge it. Yeah, you know what? There are some things. It's not right. It's disturbing. But the goal of a peacemaker is the relationship. It's a relationship. And to be a peacemaker, blessed are the peacemaker, they're the children of God. First of all, that we have to know that we are loved by God. You have to operate out of this peace with God and the peace of God. Get to know you're I'm just loved by God. And, you have, and we have to enter in relationships with great humility. That's why one of the things that when I do premarital counseling, we spend a whole session on how to resolve conflict. Because it's the number one thing. From the toothbrush to the 401k to what you're going to eat or how you're going to raise the kids. I mean, conflict. And how you resolve that, how you talk about it, how you negotiate. And all of this, what conflict does, it reveals stuff inside of us. And Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. He's our model. He's our archetype. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, he didn't come to destroy the earth. He came to restore relationship. He came to bring dignity to us. He's our Sar Shalom. He's our Prince of Peace. And his goal was relationships at all costs. At all costs. So the Bible says that we're to bear with, with one another and to forgive one another. Paul says in Romans that, that we are to, to live in harmony with each other. With technology being in person, online. It's hard. It's difficult. But let me give you four G's as we go out today. To be a peacemaker, the first thing you need to do when you enter into a conflict is you have to ask yourself this question. How can I please and honor God through this conflict? What would bring God glory? What would honor God? What would please him? What would he like to see? And then secondly, we have to log out of our own eye. That before we go to the other person, that we have to do some, some deep work and we have to ask ourselves, how have I contributed to this conflict? What have I done? What do I need? How, God, help me, reveal to me. Help me see what I can't see. Allow for me, O oh Lord, to be at peace with you and to know the peace of God. Thirdly, have that conversation. Meet with the brother or the sister gracefully, humbly, surrounded in love, 
help them understand that how they have contributed to this conflict. And then fourthly, go and be reconciled. How can we work out forgiveness? What does reconciliation look like? What does restoration look like? See, we don't just say that he is our peace. We don't just say that he's our prince of peace. But he's asked us to live at peace and be as ambassadors of peace and be as servants of peace and be sent out to be peacemakers here in this world to do the hard work. Jesus is our Sar Shalom. He has brought us peace with God. Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. We have peace of God. Jesus has commissioned us to go and make peace. So maybe today is, maybe you're feeling restless. Maybe there is not peace with God. And in the moment, you need to go and do some work. And, and maybe you haven't given your life over to the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, and give your life over to Jesus. Maybe there's some things of, of knowing that but the peace of God, and you're in the midst of a battle that, that, that this week is just chaos, and you know what awaits it, and you need the peace of God, and you need to sit and, and, and know, just like Gideon built the altar, that Lord is peace. Or maybe there is a, a conflict. Maybe the greatest gift this Christmas you could give is, is healing a broken relationship with someone. To live at peace with that one. Let us pray. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. You have come and have taken down every power and principality. And you've abolished everything that has shattered our peace with God. And we try to, to find that peace in so many other things. But today, God, we heard that you are our peace. And through the cross and through the resurrection, you have become our peace. And so today may be the day that we say, Jesus, come and be, our, be my peace. Be my Sar Shalom. Be my Prince of Peace. And I recognize you as the one who took on all the brokenness of the world and all my sin. And I ask for your forgiveness. And that through the cross and resurrection, I am made new. Well, today, God, we're going through a battle. And we need to know that the peace of God is with us. We need to know that you are fighting with us, that you are for us, that we need to know, God, 
And we need to give in that we can't fight on our own. You fight the battle for us. And like Gideon, as he was wrestling there, you gave him a sign. Maybe today, you're going to give us that sign right now. Now we can boldly ask you for that sign and then you're going to give it to us to let us know that, that we are not alone. That's the kind of God you are. You are the Prince of Peace, Jesus. But you've asked us also, just as you did, to step into the brokenness of this world. That wherever we are, at home, in the neighborhood, at work, at church, that we are to be more than just brokers of peace, we are to be makers of peace. And we're to resolve conflict. Lord, restore relationships. We're to forgive one another. We're not to be offended by everyone and everything. I want a true message for our world today. May it begin with us, the light of the world. We are to be, as the early disciples said, the good news of peace. But Lord, there are people that we have offended, that people that we cannot stand. Just mention their name and we will get so angry. There are people that we hurt. People that we really hurt. We pray, oh God, that you would make peace. That we won't fake it. We won't break it. But you'll make it. Thank you that you brought a prince of peace. Thank you that you've come to restore everything. Thank you that one day you're going to come where there's no more tears and there's no more death. That you completely restore everything. You're our Sar Shalom. You're our Prince of Peace. And we'll live with you. And we'll love you. And we'll worship you. And we'll serve you. We ask all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.